Welcome to Bipolar Inquiry, drafting and crafting bipolar consciousness since 2016 by philosophizing, relanguaging, and harvesting mania's special messages, meaning visions, extraordinary experiences, ideas, insights, superpowers, possibilities, synchronicity, and parallel worlds. The Bipolar Inquiry podcast is not meant to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Information discussed on the show is not medical advice. Now, let's get started with this episode. This mind screen is common to all when it's blank when it's blank there's no ego stuff so it's just a common human processor it's a quantum processor of sorts I think and and it's light and I feel like DNA has something to do with sound because it's it's a coil and coils can carry sound and it also transmits light I believe so I feel like there's something about the intersection of light sound and gravity and how material stuff kind of rests on that or at least the apparent appearance of material But this common interface of humanity has been infected by sound viruses. So this interface, this light interface can, can create sound, can create memes through direct perception and understanding and then from the understanding communicate. Or it can have these ego virus memes in the way of that process, so it's interpreting everything based on one's past accumulated experience. And in that is a lot of fear. I feel like our DNA gives us our uniqueness in our expression of ourselves, so we're not all the same. But we are all the same. We all have the same processor and way of processing when it's not messed up by the ego process. If we were just that light processor version of ourselves and not identified with our ego, we would see everything as ourself. I had that experience in mania for sure. I think manic consciousness is beyond spirituality in that there's no concept of spirituality per se in mania, but spirituality is itself divided into playfulness, laughter, beauty, joy, love, and all these inner human dimensions that give rich experience as a human being instead of the ego concept of spirituality, which to me is created as a concept because of the lack of meaning from all these inner human dimensions I talked before about how the ego creates inner space and time and we think those are our inner dimensions because we have this ego image when really the inner dimensions are dimensionless. If that mind screen, that inner light body interface is clear, that gives space for the arising of joy, playful, playfulness, laughter, silliness, the adult child version of ourselves, that untainted trajectory.
and that's all based on patterns. So if somebody gives you a look, you give them a look back and then you begin to be playful. But if you're not looking, you're not going to see that. And if you can't recognize patterns, you're not going to see that and play into that. So that could be part of the game actually, the re-gaming, is to create a new game of gestures out in reality and then see if people can pick up on it. Because it's, and that would just be inviting play. So when there's just ego consciousness, it in, invents this feeling of spirituality because it's lost all those degrees of freedom of the human dimensions. If we had, if we were like adult children, would we need to have the concept of spirituality? I don't think so. So play and love and beauty and joy and all these things get grouped into spirituality. And by doing that, we actually lose all those dimensions because we just think, oh, this feeling that's other than the ego must be spiritual. So I think it's more of a, a reaction in a way. It's, it's not seeing the ego for what it is, it's reacting to the ego. It's escaping from the ego. And that's the thing too, a person could sit and meditate every day in order to escape from the ego enough to sort of de-stress to go out in this stressful reality and be consistent in this stressful reality or one could or one could go out and be shit disturber in chief and make reality more playful and more joyful in all those inner human dimensions in such a way that a person wouldn't have to go home and sit and be spiritual. I think the most spiritual thing is to be fully human being. And that's probably why when I was in extreme manic consciousness, I felt so fully alive and so full of meaning and life. And it felt, say, spiritual, though I wasn't thinking it was spiritual. It felt joyful and ecstatic just to be human, just to be in this body. We've turned this body into such a drudgery. I don't even like to exercise in terms of, oh, I'm exercising for exercise. I think that sensation of feeling violent towards the body is actually counterproductive. It's one thing to really enjoy something. Like I enjoy jumping on my mini trampoline, so I do that sometimes. I enjoy rollerblading, so I do that sometimes. We've turned the joy of being in a human body into the joy of tasting food with our tongue. There's probably a lot of our brain capacity designated for different tastes. They, sh they always show on the brain map that the hand has most brain cell areas, but it's probably the tongue and taste. It's probably most of our brain. I feel like too with this inner light body mind screen interface interface as we go through reality this light body everything that we perceive that information flows through us and it's sort of like a ripple behind us like a ship in the water and when we react to something it creates a ripple on our 
interface mind screen light body and that's where stuff can accumulate and those are memories and emotions and then that stays in our light body pattern which is sort of staying in our body and accumulates in the material of our body so everything if we don't record it as a personal hurt is recorded by the universe and it just goes right through us and is created as the universe and anything we record as a personal hurt or personal pleasure stays with us and we keep replaying that stuff and it's always reverberating through our bodies and it messes up the clear light body interference pattern because we're thinking of those things and it's just like one thing resonates and then another and then another and we're just sort of bouncing through our old past traumas so we can let the universe record things by just letting it stream through us or it gets recorded in our body and this recording in our body I think actually is what blocks the hippocampus because these thoughts of past and things we can, no longer are happening are innately stressful they're stressing out the body they're changing our center of gravity they're accumulating toxic materials in our body because we can't process it as well and then the cortisol attacks the hippocampus and that actually perpetuates the process happening it seems like our cooperative and collaborative human circuits get pruned in our brains as our egos come in it's almost like these memories recorded in our bodies and thinking about ourselves and our egos and and creating that on our mind screen that mini version of ourselves versus being a full light body version of ourselves inside through which to process the universe that actually creates it so that image of us inside is how much of our brain we're using up because we're just using the prefrontal cortex and creating these abstractions which create these images versus having that be quiet and use our whole body brain light body brain processor it's almost like the prefrontal cortex is an imitation of reality it's like a little me version invading our inner space and the one that's invading is our own ego construct self instead of being the whole light body version of ourself our whole mirror which is mirroring the universe from moment to moment not mirroring past things that happened before and having this little version of ourselves and I think that is a diversion it diverts us away from what's really happening now the ego diverts our attention from the beauty of the universe and what we can co-create together to being concerned about oneself and one's little problems we already have a pretty good idea how to cooperate and collaborate so we can probably activate those circuits pretty quickly especially if we do it through gestures and playfulness and all these inner human dimensions that we had as children that would get those brain circuits working again and that would naturally crowd out a lot of the ego if we all knew this was a playful universe we wouldn't live in fear and the ego is innately fear 
if we were co-creating together, we'd have a different kind of security. The ego is a state of meing, not a state of being. So I think people are human meings, they're not human beings. And the ego is not human, the ego is just a bunch of words and images. And we have words and images in order to communicate and create, but we've started using them against ourselves and we're actually killing ourselves with our own words. Words are what kill us. I actually feel like people who end their life, it's a form of ego side. They're trying to destroy their ego. They're not They don't know how to turn off that noise. It reminds me of the last scene in Fight Club where, where the main character is standing across from Tyler Durden and he shoots his himself in his own head to kill Tyler Durden. And he shoots himself through the cheek and then Tyler is the one that dies. And he wasn't even real to begin with. And Tyler is sort of like the ego in a way. But it's like, how do you kill the ego? It's very difficult to get rid of in a lot of cases and people end their life over it. If somebody's thinking, I can't live anymore, I can't go on, I can't do this. If they weren't thinking those words would there be those feelings? And it's obviously more complicated than that. But I've been to a place where I've had words nearly destroy me. Maybe it needs to be sticks and stones against suicide. I was thinking too about how Ego memories lack ekphoric sensation because Dr. Daniel Siegel talks about how in trauma there's stuff happening and it lacks ekphoric sensation so we don't know it's from the past so we're terrified now and I think the ego is the exact same thing it lacks ekphoric sensation anytime there's any kind of ego element it's not happening now it has nothing to do with now it's just clouds Technically, each moment is completely new and not recognizable. If it's recognized, then the one who's recognizing it is the ego past accumulation complex. It's recognizing some kind of past pattern, probably because it got trapped on our inner light body mind screen interface. And so that's what is interfacing with the present moment, which is not the present moment. So we're always interpreting the present in terms of the past. And in that way, we're not actually learning and there's nothing new. And so things feel meaningless and not beautiful. We adapt to things, so something that's beautiful right now, if I do that every day, it's not going to be feeling the same way. 
So we kind of do the opposite with our ego memories. We have these things and we're always feeling the same way because we're recognizing the same pattern because we allowed it to get stuck there of the billions and trillions of patterns we've experienced in our life until now we let a few get stuck in our body and on our inner light body mind screen and then we're always reacting and seeing that those bits are what are making the rest of our life salient it's being made salient as this meaningless thing because we've adapted to seeing the same thing all the time and it's gotten really boring and it's it's habit it's habitual and it's important to make certain things habit like walking driving things like that but if we're making our psychological bits habit besides actual physical skills then we're actually polluting our inner dimension and it's no longer the rich experience that we came here with so again the ego is like a hallucination it's like a delusion we're being deluded and polluted by our past and trying to change our thoughts is sort of like trying to hallucinate a better ego and that can pacify us for a while but it's not that sustainable so I believe manic consciousness makes us an instrument of the universe instead of an instrument playing the old songs of the ego and the images inside our head and past stuff which is like being an old record so most people in reality are walking around like they're old records and they're keeping the old alive and then when that mind screen gets clearer in the inner light body everything filters through us and funnels through us and passes through us clean and that means we're actually playing and acting and being animated by the energy of the universe and not like a record would be or like one of those old music boxes if there was no little little pieces of metal there there would be no music so in that way the ego is like a music box with all this music but it's not in tune so and then the universe is like a music box but it's the tune of the universe so as it turns around the song that's being played is in tune whereas the ego is like a music box that the thing was just created kind of randomly or it was just the same note over and over again like ding 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 ding, ding. just the same note and it gets really boring and nobody would want to listen to it so the person who's listening to it would get really bored again I feel like the mind screen the inner light body gets becomes a dust filter when once one piece of dust accumulates it's going to keep accumulating on that point so that's going to be like a sore spot for people and like a trigger to play the old record and act out old past programming one can see one's tendency to want to react and not react and that starts to stop the accumulation 
and maybe what gets rid of the accumulation is whatever it is that one acts with in, um, in a, instead of that. So it almost repatterns. So by doing one gesture all the time is going to make my muscles attuned and my brain attuned to that. But if I start doing a different gesture, it's going to weaken that other circuit of that one that I was always doing as a reaction. Now, if instead of doing that one reaction, now I have a choice of doing a hundred different things or whatever it is required in the moment. Now I've gone from having sort of that scar tissue in that aspect of myself to um, not having it because I'm not always reinforcing that. So our past programming tends to dictate our reactions, yet we think we have choice over the way we act. I feel like when the mind screen inner light body interface interface is clear, the universe just passes through us and we pass through the universe and we become an instrument of the universe, of that one song, of that common humanity that we are. And that doesn't necessarily have to manifest as anything particularly special. It's trying to be special that is the ego process and that's something that is in opposition to just being a human being. I was thinking too, the ego is like a camel. It's constantly re-chewing the same thing, it swallows it and then it regurgitates it and then it, it chews it and it swallows it again. And it's also like a dog eating its own poo. Mania is again like the universe creating new memes through us. We're the ones that have language and create this. It's like memes are seeds. It's turning us into a flowering plant in a way with all of its pollen and it's like a different way for these memes to be created. There's probably other ways too. Look, manic consciousness isn't the be all end all of things. It's a way to create so many memes just like there might be a million seeds released from a flower in the wind um, doesn't mean every single one of them is going to produce a new flower it's almost like just trying to create a lot of memes and see what might what might catch on so in that way mania is like a flowering process and I can't remember if I talked about this, but it goes back to Tom Wooten's Bipolar in Order and how he talks about a lot of his work is around acting normal, so-called normal, when in extreme states of consciousness, so in extreme manias or different levels of mania and then practicing that so one can be super energized and still act normal and not make people uncomfortable. And that has a lot of value. And I feel like what I'm talking about too is acting energized when feeling normal. So after one has come down from one's mania, not sitting there and thinking, oh, I can't wait to feel so wonderful again. And not just thinking, well, I'm gonna work to act normal when feeling wonderful, but also acting 
wonderful when feeling normal, when not needing that reward. It's like learning how to dance, for example. One can go to a class and be shown the steps and do the steps at the class with, with the instructor. And then when one goes home, one's no longer with the instructor, but one can still practice on one's own. And one needs to practice on one's own because otherwise, when they go back to class again, when that energy comes again, they won't have integrated what they've learned in that first lesson. And I'm not saying it's like a school thing. It's just a flowering. It's an unfolding. And so if I practice what I harvest from learning in my first mania as like the universe was animating me that way, it was almost making me dance in a certain way. I was dancing with the universe. It was my instructor. It was my guide. It was me. I was it. And so then after the fact, I could just wait for the instructor to come back or I could think, wow, it taught me a lot. Um, just like a kid could learn somebody shows them how to draw something and then they go home and they practice. It's the same thing. Coming back to ego consciousness is like coming home with everybody else to practice. Being that way that the universe showed us was our natural way of being. And I don't know, I might change what I think about this one day in terms of should one practice or not. And I don't think it's necessarily about practice. I think it's more the manic consciousness provides different context. It it provides contrast. So one can contrast oneself to how one was in mania. Or one can... And the thing is too, most people get pathologized and then end up, you know, like worse than they normally were. But then they get uh, caught in the fact that, oh, now life sucks more than it did before this all started and they take on the stigma story and the pathology when to me a person could and this is what I did just laugh my way through it and that's the thing I feel like a person can move themselves closer to how they were in mania rather than after being pathologized and maybe being really out of it and low and everything and I've been there um, not necessarily practice getting back to my ego self but practice getting back to my manic self not with the hope that the energy is going to come back but just that's how we're designed to be as humans and that's how the universe animated us and repatterned us and gave us that hint it danced with us it danced through us it danced as us and it said this is the way to be and it might take a bit before finding where one wants to express themselves in that way like maybe it's not safe to be that happy out in the society but one could take an improv class or clowning or go to school with patch adams or there's so many different things there's almost like we need to find safe ways to be manic safe ways to be that happy and that joyful because it's not safe and you know just like when say gay people were first coming out they had there was probably very few safe places they could go and be gay and now they still can't go and be gay everywhere and be safe 
So in the same way, we need to figure out ways that we can go and be gay as in happy, the original meaning of gay. And so again, it's something with the consistency, right? People consistently are not extremely joyous and happy out in society. So there's a lot of talk about mental health literacy and educating people around the symptoms of mental illness and everything so they can spot them and help people. Well, why don't we have happiness literacy? What makes people happy and joyous and and educate people about that? Cuz some for some reason we forget. We used to know as children. And and actually going out and being happy and ridiculous and reminding people about it, they seem to forget instead of allowing things to just go on the same path and then telling people, watch out for mental illness along the way. Um, all the things that are protective of mental illness have to do, I believe, with oxytocin and bonding and and common humanity and that's the real protection and maybe if we form some sort of manics association the humanics association then we can protect each other in a way by having a common context and saying yeah that's what it it's like to be trans conscious and it's not necessarily a mental illness it just means sometimes we're our ego self and sometimes we're not and that would that would also help with the whole i've been doing a lot of ego bashing and it's not supposed to be like the ego is completely evil cuz it's it's not completely evil it it can lead to not so healthy manifestations and that's the thing too with transconscious experience I feel like by giving us that experience of rich beauty and inner diversity instead of just this ego we always experience I feel like this transconsciousness experience is just inner diversity it's just diversifying inside and that's sort of opening up our brain and our perception again so we can learn so this trans consciousness is about inner diversity. It's not just about outer diversity. We have all these outer diversity projects like don't um, don't discriminate against homosexual people or don't discriminate against people that are not the same ethnicity as you. Why don't we have this inner consciousness thing? So again, this would sort of it's possible that people that have transconscious experience or transconsciousness experience this inner diversity in that other consciousness we experience beauty love truth all these rich dimensions of the inner experience of being human and then we come back to ego consciousness which is more I'm me you're you I have my little goals that I'm working towards and and I think that inner complexity is just as necessary as the outer complexity that's happening out there. And so I don't feel that people that are trans consciousness should be discriminated against. 
it's basically acknowledging that we have an ego consciousness but we also have a common consciousness and maybe we need to speak a little bit more in terms of the common consciousness that we all share and not so much about the ego consciousness and and that common consciousness perspective is is part of the mirror neuron thing it's like if you look over there you can see that that might be hurtful yet the ego can rationalize it and block it off but i feel like people that are trans consciousness have both and so they're able to see from both so it gets confusing for one sometimes or it's painful it can help it can create more allostatic load because one is seeing other trauma and sort of taking it on oneself and it's hard to let that pass through actually I feel like I feel that trans consciousness allostatic load accumulation is it's more painful in a way because it's real it's actually happening in the moment and one is seeing it and it drains one's energy Whereas the ego consciousness, it's sort of like that happened 10 years ago and you just keep picking at the same scab and if you would just stop it. So, um, but at the same time, I feel like people that don't experience trans consciousness can still perceive those hurtful things. They're just not, they just don't really know that it could be coming from something other than their own individual ego stuff because they don't realize that it's one consciousness and the thing with these videos too is interesting is I I jot down notes and insights and then I just start looking at them and talking about stuff and the thing that I came up with today about trans consciousness sort of using the analogy of transgender people um, I didn't write that down so I only came up with that by just talking and speaking and I think I'm liking that because even from a couple months ago when I had manic harvest your mania and then embody your mania and then I'm thinking about epimimetics and endomimetics and now I'm thinking about I had just the thing written down about the language of transgender people and relating to how I'm creating transformania language which is like language transformation which is transformania um, and then transformania relates to how mania is kind of a transformation process and I'm realizing that I like this concept in order to describe it as trans consciousness because I feel like I am identified with my ego consciousness and also the collective subjectivity of being human that we all share that collective dimension and I've plunged completely into the collective dimension and um, so it's just varying levels of having that other conscious experience and maybe if I wasn't on medication I would be completely identified with that other consciousness and that would that wouldn't be good for being functional in this society so what I'm saying is I'm seeing 
the value in in talking about this stuff and I still have lots more written down and it's just interesting how I can see other ways of looking at it as the process goes on I just I just really hope that other people might find this hopeful and, and helpful for how they think about themselves because I couldn't imagine for example being transgender or feeling transgender and being completely alone thinking I've never seen anyone else like that I've never heard of anyone else like that maybe I'm the only person in the world that feels like I'm I'm a man in a woman's body or something and so I feel that same way a little bit with this transconsciousness. I feel like I can see things from a different perspective, kind of like a Temple Grandin. She can see things differently and they call that autism. And it's a different way of being but doesn't make a person less than and just like people with different diversities externally and also internally in terms of their orientation like a person that is gay you can't necessarily tell they're gay unless they tell you or you could tell perhaps if there were two men walking down the street holding hands you could think well that's likely that those people are gay now with this trans-consciousness thing that I feel I'm experiencing there's no way you would ever know that I would be a person with trans-consciousness and that could also mean too that my consciousness or this consciousness isn't always necessarily a hundred percent correlated with this body and this person that everyone else thinks that I am or even who I think that I am and maybe who I think I am is going to change over time. Most of the time I realize that I'm me, but I've had experiences where I think I'm a homeless man on the street. And if I really thought that, and nobody was around me, I might get up and walk away. And then maybe be captured at some point and medicated, and then, oh, you're you. I'm like, oh, that was weird. Like, oh, that was your mental illness. Well, that's a lovely explanation, but to me, it's more like trans consciousness. We all believe that we're these egos, and that's good for functionality. But I think that belief in that ego is losing its hold for people. And so I think that's the whole trans consciousness. Is consciousness is, and the universe itself is even transitioning us from having egos because the ego is what is going to destroy the world and that's why I feel that children with autism aren't going to have the same kind of ego structure um, for example I think that it'll either be a lot harder or a lot easier to get children with autism to go to war and just things like that so the world is going to change as these children grow up 
and I really really hope that their genius is able to flower because with their experience of consciousness I don't even think society is designed for them to flower into who they're here to show us they are just as people who go into trans consciousness again a lot of what I've talked about is there's no context in society society's not designed for us to be extremely happy society's not designed for us to be trans consciousness it's not designed for us to be inconsistent and so we try so hard to be consistent because that's what the world demands and if all of a sudden I'm being inconsistent and I'm around my family they're gonna think what's wrong with you well maybe I'm trans consciousness and maybe that means that I'm not always this ego and when I'm in a different state of consciousness I can be doing different things than I would if I'm in my ego state of consciousness so perhaps my life needs to be designed around who is it that I'm expressing today and that's not a multiple personality thing that's a different biorhythm it's a different biorhythm than um, I work nine to five every day like that is a construct of humanity if I wake up and my energy is like I want to go out and be in a park then I could be in a park if my energy is like I want to read a whole book I can read a whole book if my energy is like I want to work on this project I can work on this project so it's it's an energetic perception action in the moment thing and not oh well the clock says I have to do this so that's what I'm gonna do I think a lot of us are being driven crazy by this clock we don't go based on our internal clock which is not a clock at all it's not space and time it's beauty love truth perception action intelligence thank you for listening to bipolar inquiry if you're enjoying the show please feel free to rate subscribe and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts remember use your voice craft your consciousness embody your potential enter a quantum paradigm the bipolar inquiry podcast is not meant to diagnose treat cure or prevent any disease information in this show is not medical advice thanks again for listening and we'll catch you in the next episode